What would Aunt P say? We're about Woo-hoo! to find out. We're about to find out. <laughs> You're gonna find out just like us. <laughs> hey back. team, we're back. Hey team, we took it's a little us. break. <laughs> kind of, and now we're here. And uh, today's title is uh, <laughs> it's a what's the word I want to use? It's a tough one. It's a puncher. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a swift kick in the gut. It's a swift, <laughs> it's a throat punch. Yikes. But we're going to do is. it. The title of this week's episode is When They Don't Love You Back. Yikes. Throat punch. I.e. <laughs> when you love them so much and they don't yeah. love you back. And this, we're talking about romantic love. Romantic, yeah. So in a in a previous episode, you briefly mentioned the term special friends. I did. Um, and so I think we can go into what that is and you can share a little bit about, about your experience with a special friend. Yeah. So I called it special friends because that's the way he actually presented it to me. So I was dating this uh, guy. This was after my divorce and I was starting dating again. And he was, I thought he was just the one he was just attractive and loved Jesus and was musical and just all these great things. And, and we uh, we dated a couple of months, and then he just started kind of backing up and acting strange. And so one night, I just said, "Are you like, are you wanting to break up with me? Like, you're acting really strange." And he's like, "Well, I don't really want to, <laughs> I don't really want to break up completely, but I I just like to be special friends." And I was like, "Special friends? Like, what's the difference in friends and special friends and dating? There is a difference." Yeah. Um. And so for in his eyes, special friends meant we do everything together just about, but we're not romantic. There's no kissing or anything like that. And there's no him buying me stuff uh, or me, buy, you know, or just da- there's no dating, but there is buddies. We're buddies and uh, no. all, all the time. And so that was great for him. He loved that. And I, it was torture for me because I still loved him and wanted to be with him. But I, I stayed in that special friends, what I call just special friends hell for a while about a over a year because I just I thought I was going to convince him to love me more because I'm so fun and we because you're so awesome I would be I'm awesome and we'd be so great together and um how confusing it was super confusing and super torturous because we didn't live far apart and we went to the same church and it just was like uh it was a long time ago people so don't try to figure it out (laughs) please Uh, So he is he is is happily married. I wish him well. He's long, long time happily married. He married pretty quickly after I left, actually. Um, So and left meaning I I moved to Nashville, which saved me from really helped me to get get past it. Yeah, protecting you. Rejection is protection. Yeah. So there's modern terms for this. Yeah, go ahead, Claire. Yeah, situationships is is I think the modern term for it, and some people it works for them. And that's, you know, each to their own. Um, But I think majority of people would say they want to be with somebody who has the same um, priorities as them, I guess I would Mm -hmm. say, you know, you want to be with them, they want to be with you, you are in a committed relationship, but there are people out there who are in these situationships. And so today we want to talk about um, how do you know that you're in one? Uh, Mm -hmm. Why do people stay in these on both sides? If it's, you know, one person who is saying that they want to be the special friends and you're saying, wait, I thought we were like full on committed in a relationship. What, why do, why do each person, why does each person stay? Uh, yeah. Cause obviously it's different reasons. And then how do you get out? So I think we want to cover 
those and talk about a few little Mm -hmm. nuggets in each one. So let's start with how do you know? How do you know that you're in this situationship or this special friendship? I think there's there's several ways you could know. I mean, A, they just tell you. Like my friend told me, he's like, I don't want to date. He just was really clear. And so it was like, ouch, Um, pretty painful. And so in other ways, so really what we call the DTR, if if you don't know, what are we doing here? Like this feels like friendship or are are we dating? And then there's a lot of women I've talked to that are in that situation where they think they might be dating, but they're not sure. Um, I would do a DTR, define the relationship. Like what, have a conversation um, and just ask like, what, what are we? You know, I, I did that with another friend one time, a uh, long, long time guy friend that we were just was helping him through a hard time. And he was, he kept saying, come visit me, come visit me. And I was like, what? Okay. Well, what, what are we? You know, he lived in a different town and he's like, we're friends. I was like, okay, good to know. Uh, not coming to visit you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. So, so yeah, it it's so just ask, asking for and then other things are evidence. Or even sometimes they may say, Oh, no, we're dating, but you're still not feeling loved, chosen, um, uh, cherished, whatever you want to call it in a relationship where it feels like a dating relationship, you feel more like buddies. Why do you think that there is so much uncertainty from the start? Like, why are people, whether it's men or women, why, why are they so unclear about what they want in this relationship? Why is there, why is it so hard? Like you have to take the extra step to define your relationship. Why aren't people just like, this is what I want? That I don't know. I do think the culture today, when I was your age, it was much more cutting, you know, you, you were, you were getting with someone because you wanted to, to date them. You wanted to go out, you you're moving towards relationship. And now there's so many, and you can explain this better than me then there's just friendships that are, you know, you're in friend groups together, you're going out in, in friend groups, like people go to prom right. together in groups, like, it's much less this two people are dating and it's just kind of groupy ish and or people go to a prom or whatever as as friends and um if they're not dating someone and i, I don't think the i think the lines are are less clear maybe mm-hmm. i don't know what do you think i i don't know i think people just might not know what they want that's yeah. I think it depends on your age and and your surroundings, yeah. your environments, your friends and right. sometimes people just don't know what they want. And I think but it's hard when it comes to people who do know what they want. Right. And they're involved with somebody who doesn't know. And so I think that's just difficult. I I do want to I do think a lot of if it's one-sided, you pretty much know if it's one-sided. Like if you have a lot of feelings mm-hmm. for someone and but you're not sure, you do have to at some point be just risk it all and go where, what are we? You know, you don't have to just like yeah. tell your heart, but just say, find out what we are. And then if they're like, yes, then you can go, well, actually, I have feelings for you. But sometimes you, have to, you just have to be brave and say, I have feelings for you. And, and it's super brave. And it doesn't always go like you want it to. And, mm-hmm. um, or there's a situation where there are dating, like, like my situation, and it just backs up to friends, as opposed to starting as friends and never getting to dating. There's two different ways that can go. And so I do think, but that what we're talking about today is like you love someone so much and you're spending so much time with them, but they, they are enjoying your company and your companionship, but they do not love you back and want to be in a dating relationship. Why, the, why people don't make it clear and just date or not. I don't know, but I do know there's a lot of this. Like, would you say that's what a situation ship is? Cause that's you, yeah. you introduced that yeah. term to me, that term to me. Yeah, that's, it's definitely when, 
I think there can be different types of situationships. I think there's, you know, two people that know that they don't want a serious relationship, but they just want a companionship. And so they hang out together. And then yeah. there's situations where one person has feelings and the other one doesn't. And they just love this person so much yeah. that they're like, I'm willing to stay and take this, take these circumstances because I love you so much. Right. So I think there's kind of different levels to it. But when you're in this situation, how do you know? How do you know you're in this situation? You mentioned one-sided. Like it's clear when relationships are one-sided, but what are what are some other ways? Like for yeah. you personally, how did you feel? How did you know that he was backing off? Yeah, before I initiated the conversation, he just was acting irritated with me and was just short and just kind of shut. He was, he was very much an extrovert like me and he just got kind of moody and um but wouldn't say anything. So I finally had to bring it up because again, I'm, I'm a communicator and I, I need to know what's going on with um, people's emotions, mm-hmm. my counselor. Um, and so I, I just, I went ahead and asked it. And I, so I broached the subject. He, I think he was afraid to, and he didn't want to hurt me probably. So not a bad guy. He just wasn't into me. So, mm-hmm. um, and he still, he still did want my friendship. And, the, and so I stayed because a, I loved him so much and really enjoyed his company. We were good friends. He was one of my best friends at the time. We were in a friend group together. You know, we were in a band together. We, were, we did so many things together. And so it was hard to disconnect my life from his life. And so I stayed in it. And then finally, I, I was so miserable um, because I wanted so much more than he wanted. But he still wanted to be with me. He still wanted to do all the things. He'd call me, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And I would go because I would just... I just loved him. And so, but one time I was having dinner at my neighbor's house. This guy calls me or texts me from down the street and says, hey, I have a gift for you. I get up from the table. This shows how attached I was to him and could have cared less about other relationships. I got it from the table. It was embarrassing. And left, left dinner for a minute, ran down and got whatever gift he had for me and came back to dinner. And my friend was just like, that's terrible. You cannot do that. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. He just called me on it. And, uh, and so... This person was my neighbor and just buddy, one of my truly a buddy. You know, you can have mm-hmm, guy friendships. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, um, he just you can't let him treat you like that. You know, and and I just I had lost my mind because I just thought, well, I'm eventually gonna he's gonna realize he can't live without me. And one time we were at a at a gathering of a bunch of people, like a party at his house. I think it was a, something Bible our Bible study group or something. And mm-hmm. and someone's like, y'all are such a great couple. Y'all are so great together. And he goes, well, we're really more like brother and sister. <gasps> Oh no! Oh, stab me in the heart! Stab yeah, that's me in the a heart punch. That's a that was a uh, throat punch. Uh, like I just yeah, no. <laughs> so that's but people out there listening, you may resonate that you're in a relationship yeah. where you give and give and give and try and try and try, and you cannot make that thing go. But that person's still there, and so finally, I was so miserable. And, you know, talking to my friends, talking to my family. And so my brother, Tripp, just said, Paige, I was down there visiting them. And he said, you you were a surrogate girlfriend. You are a companion. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. And you've got to draw boundaries. You cannot. He's like, draw a boundary of not being alone with him ever. You can do things in groups. And you can, you know, these are things you can do. But you can't be alone with him. Like, he would invite me down there, you know, to visit him. And, you know, we'd run to the to the dump together. And take our trash and you know and trips like no alone time with him ever you know because i couldn't get him out of my life but group time you can do um yeah. so i t- so i tell him that i tell him that i said i said hey friend i can't do this anymore I need, I need to draw some boundaries and he was like he was shocked he was like this is i thought this i thought you were fine with this arrangement because i was acting fine you know mm-hmm. um you know anytime he'd call i'd be i'd be jumping ready 
ready to go, whatever he needed, mm-hmm. wanted to do with me. And, um, and so he didn't, he didn't like that. And, uh, and then he would even come on stronger. So I, I drew a boundary and he didn't really appreciate the boundary. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it was, again, good guy, just wanting to, he, he liked me. I was his buddy. He wanted to hang out with me. But I was like, I can't do it. It's hard on my heart. Ultimately, the, the, how I got out of it, and he didn't date. He wasn't dating other people while we were in our special friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have mm-hmm. made it easier for me just to back up. And and then when I moved to Nashville, that that did it. That was finally. And he didn't want me to leave either. And he even said, I'm, I'm praying that God will give me feelings for you so that you won't go. <gasps> yes. Dude, no, no. Another no. another throat punch. Another throat punch. Okay, so there's I, two things I want to revisit. Yeah. There's two yeah. things I want to revisit that you talked about. So one is this dinner. And I that's the first that you've ever told me about that. You never told me that. Oh um okay, so the two things I want to touch on kind of go hand in hand. So let's go back. You're at the dinner table and let's say you're the friend. You're the friend whose dinner you're having and you're watching somebody leave and be treated this way. Yeah. What would like what would you tell yourself? What would you tell that friend? Because that that is like, yeah, you're you're really attached. What do you what's your advice you give to somebody? Because I personally think when you're attached to somebody, it's like they have to walk away no matter what you say. I would say to myself, I would say to myself, what they said, he he doesn't love you. You need to stop this behavior. It, it, it revealed how extreme the behavior was and the attachment was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the beginning. It was the beginning of the end. You know, it was like, oh, gosh, because I really got to see um, my behavior and my advice to myself would be, girl, wake up, you know, yeah. you need to be treated better. He's he doesn't love you. Go find someone who does or. Or cut off the cut the cut the cord, you know. I just I was too attached to him, and he was attached to me. He was, but it was definitely on his terms. That's another thing to say. It was on his terms, not on. It was never on my terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and until I left, <laughs> yeah, you know, until I said I'm leaving town, and that was a big boundary. And he did struggle, you know, and he he uh, he did care about me. He did, but he did not want to. He did not want to say, and I, I personally, the way I, I roll, you know, I believe God did not have him for me. Mm-hmm. God had Nashville for me and all this life here. And if I, if he had loved me, I would not have ever left. I would have stayed, I would have stayed there. And I believe God had this, all of this for me. I probably wouldn't be a counselor. I've got a master's. I've, I've traveled the country and the world and done all these amazing events and then all these amazing things and met all these amazing people. And so, but so, so I, I know that that's part of it, but boy, God had to just literally rip me out of it, rip my hands off of him. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't let yeah. go. Well, this, okay. So the second thing that you mentioned that I think a lot of people struggle with in situationships and relationships, period, is this um, give and take where one person is giving and giving and giving and giving, and the other person is just taking it all and not giving maybe half as much or, you know, not even, not even half. And, and how do you cope when you're in that with I'm the partner that's giving a hundred percent I'm giving all I got and this person's not giving me anything and why do we stay in those situations well I think I think awareness is key first of all like like you know we said this earlier in just our discussion before this session is um or this episode is, is how's it working for you? Like if you just stop and analyze your relationships and this could apply to friendships too, on top of, you know, just any kind of friendship, but we're talking about romantic friendships or romantic relationships here. But, um, 
is how's it working for you? Like how, when you leave a, a time with this person, how do you feel? Do you feel poured into? Do you feel, um, cause friendships, we've talked about this before, have, should be an equal receiving and equal pouring un, into each other, unless something's in a crisis. And then one person does a lot of pouring and, you know, into them and helping them. But usually yeah. relationships should be balanced. And so if you're constantly giving, constantly wanting more from them, and, and again, it's on their terms, they're like, well, we'll get together here, and then they don't show up, or we'll do this. And, or, you know, you're paying for everything, and you're doing everything. And you're, you're, you're reaching out to them, you're pursuing, doing all the pursuing. Um, that's how you know, so really just stopping and analyzing the amount of pursuing you're doing the amount of communication you're doing, who's initiating, um, what's your level of effort uh, versus their level of effort to maintain the relationship, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. so analyzing that and then going, and again, if, if it is unbalanced and you're doing too much, you're not going to feel, you're not going to leave that relationship feeling poured into heard, seen, known, um, loved for where you are, um, poured into or or heard mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um if all you go to dinner all they do is talk about themselves you know and they never ask you how are you or you know mm-hmm. and that wasn't the case with my friend he was he did care about you know certain things in life it was more of a time a time thing but mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean you, you just you, you just analyze kind of your output versus their output and and a lot of people it's it's nice to receive all that they receive from you and yeah without having to do much gosh that's 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 some good times right there don't have to do anything and you know receive all the attention i feel like that's also i mean almost um something that people have to go through sometimes to realize that they deserve a hundred percent effort which sounds messed up but when you're in it, I think it's hard to, you, you know, you got rose colored glasses on You're you just love this person so much and they're not giving you a hundred percent. But then, you know, looking back in hindsight, you think, oh, wow, like they only gave me so much. And, and I think sometimes people have to, to go through that to realize mm-hmm. how poorly they were treated. Cause I think yeah. in the moment it's so difficult. Yeah. Well, and one thing that, that we as women do too, I, I believe is we, and a lot of women that I talk to in counseling do this, they, they believe that they're not going to be loved without something extra. Mm. So and I, me plus being awesome, me plus cleaning everything, me plus, me plus making all the plans, like me plus being perfect equals being loved. Like instead yeah. of just page equals loved or Claire equals loved. It's no yeah. page plus being really fun and awesome and cooking really great equals being loved or whatever it is that people have. So they believe that they've they got to bring something else to the table. Mm-hmm. in relationships to be loved and not just that they're just lovable. You just it's like you have this you're... checklist of things that you have to have yeah. to be loved. Yeah. It's like work, work-based love. Like I got to work these things and achieve these things to then be loved. That's why perfectionism is such a, a booger. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. I got to be perfect to be loved. And if I, you know, that's so crippling to your heart uh, mm-hmm. to feel like you've got to be these things to be loved. Um, and then it starts a cycle of all kinds of, you know, shame and, sadness and yeah low self-worth and insecurity and all the things that are hard all the things okay so we've talked about why why we stay or why the partner who who loves this other person so much stays so why do we think the other person stays that is not knowing what they want isn't giving you 100 percent? why do they stay oh gosh they've got some great some great benefits in their relationship so they're getting attention it's on their it's on their terms time and gatherings and whatever we do is usually on their terms. Um, they get a say, they get um, companionship. 
uh, fun. And sometimes, you know, what we would call friends with benefits that that mm-hmm. happens in friendships, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, I've counseled with women that, that that's happening, but they're just, we're just friends, but I'm like, okay. Uh, again, so hard on the heart to do that. Um, yeah. uh, so it's a little bit of a, again, a taking and not a, and not a, um, not a, a returning, a taking, but not returning with love or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think they're just getting, a, there's a lot out of it. I do think with the person that I was in, in my special friend situation with, I think it was true companionship and friendship. But again, it's also great to, it's nice to be wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, people love to be loved. People love to be wanted. It's a great feeling to be wanted and loved, even mm-hmm. if you don't return it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, that's gosh, that tension is attention. Mm-hmm. And it's companionship. So many just, you know, reaping the benefits of relationship. And if you're lonely, oh, I'll call this person. She'll, she'll come down and watch a, a TV show with me or whatever. And for him, that's like, oh, a buddy. A and buddy. for me, that's like, oh, gosh, maybe this means that something's happening. And maybe this means there's a turn in the tide and da 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 in his heart. And no, it just means false he, hope. He's, no, he's just lonely. And he's just, you know, or want somebody to hop in the car and run to the to the dump with. <laughs> that sounds super exciting. I've said it twice, but it's what we used to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't have trash pickup. Anyway, I digress. But yeah, so there's benefits in it for them. And there's different levels of people that are takers. Like somebody could be just a serial narcissist taker that's going to take everything and, and, and empty you dry. And then there's people that are just having trouble committing. They, they kind of want you, but they might not. They, they don't know who they are or what they want. That's another piece of it. Mm-hmm. So there's really a scale, I think, of people that just... They're just afraid of commitment. They've seen their parents have a horrific divorce and they just mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't think I can do this. Or, you know, there's lots of different reasons um, people don't want to commit or they're just not plain, just so not attracted to you, you know, yeah. which is they're just not that into you thing. And that's it happens. that's pain. It, it happens a lot. <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> all so the time. In these situations, you know, that we've been talking about for yours, for for an example, clearly you're very attached to this person and this person is not so much attached to you. And something that a lot of people are talking about right now is attachment styles. Yeah. And I think that goes hand in hand with this. And um, what is your, you know, what do you think about that as far as attachment styles go in relationships? Do you have, you know, clients that you've worked with that have, you know, you know, struggled with that? What is that like in this situation? Absolutely. Attachment style. So um, it is a big thing because of a book called Attached, uh, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love by Levine and Heller. And it's something I read for counseling because um, I work with couple with not with couples, but people try uh, women that are trying to, you know, keep their marriages or keep their relationships or. Um, and so it talks about three different styles of attachment. Um, it's and those three styles of attachment for adults because they, they really studied childhood or, or baby attachment and you know we talk about attachment a lot for children and infants because that's hugely important for a child's mental health um, and across the lifespan. But so but as adults that we still carry some of that out, you know. And so one of them is anxious. You have an anxious attachment style, an avoidant attachment style, or a secure attachment style. So you, those pretty much explain themselves. So anxious is always worried. Do you love me? Uh, are you are you okay? Are, like they're nervous or checking their phone? Like where are they? They're they're checking where they are. You know they just do they love me? They're kind of needy, and they lean way over and pursue too hard. And then the mm-hmm. avoidant is kind of that ah that kind of freaks them out, or they're just they they'll they'll want to commit for a while, but then they just can't they can't commit hardcore. They just avoid um you know deep deep uh, relationship, and so. Mm-hmm. So when you get an when you get an anxious and an, an avoidant together, you got a, you got a problem, and then secure is just that they're like 
they're, they're what we would call our bucket. Are my buckets full? I'm good to go. I don't need you to fill my bucket. I'm just going to be, I want to be in a relationship with you, but I'm, I'm not insecure. I'm not needy. And also I'm, I'm, I'd like to commit. I'm not, I'm not afraid of commitment. I'm not avoidant of commitment. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so those are the three and those are, you know, and then, so when you, you got two secures together and they're like, woohoo, two anxious together, mm, you know, two avoidant together. Yeah. Mm, it's not going to go well. So, um, yeah. But that that's that's a way to look at this too, and that you may be in a relationship that is romantic, and everybody we're dating, but you have two uh, styles of attachment that are that are making it harder, fighting each other. Yes, yeah. not going well together. Yeah. So what was that? What was your experience with those attachment styles in this special friendship? Oh, I was very anxious in that, but I, I, but I did know, and he was, and he would have been, he would have been avoidant. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, coming out of a hard divorce, we both are coming out of hard divorces. And so because of mine, mine being, I was, I think I was really vulnerable because of that. Cause it was, it was eight months after my divorce and I'd been, I'd been, I'd been separated a year and a half. So I felt like I had plenty of time, but still my heart wasn't ready to be squished again, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had, he had been in a hard, you know, uh, divorce too, that he didn't want. And, um, so he, I think that was part of his too, afraid of being hurt. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and he, and again, he did care about me and, um, but he wasn't, I think he was also careful with my heart in the way that he knew that he didn't want to marry me. And so he backed it up some, but then he also loved being my friend. So <laughs> that was hard. So you also touched on commitment a little bit when we were talking about attachment styles. And I think that that yeah. is another thing that, um, people are talking about a lot right now in these situationships is, Commitment issues, um, people that have these situationships or special friendships because they can't commit. What do you do with someone that maybe they might not even know they have commitment issues, but they're not committing. So what do you do in that situation where you want to be with this person so badly, but they cannot commit? Well, I think the question too is, is, but do they want to be in a relationship with you still? If so, if they, if they yeah. want to be in a relationship with you still, but they can't commit long-term to marriage or whatever it is you're wanting, um, I think, I think there's some things to, they need to evaluate what they really want and get to know themselves. And, and so counseling would be a good, a good approach or reading attached or, or re, you know, really trying to figure out why they don't want to commit. And, you know, some people are like, they they don't want to dig. They don't want to talk to a counselor. They don't want to do those things. So, I mean, but you have to get down to the nitty gritty of what's going on um, because our hearts are so valuable and you don't want to spend your time and, and your heart's efforts and really handing what I call handing your heart or part of your heart over to someone who's just not ready to hold it or wants to hold it and or can hold it um, or is ready. And they just they, they kind of stand there with their arm out like you need to take this back because they can't commit to it. And so uh, there's there, again, there's all manner of reasons why someone won't. But you have to ask and get to the bottom of I want honesty. If, you know, if it's, and, and, and my friend, he gave me honesty and I asked, yeah. you asked him and he, he was hard to hear, but I, it helped me get over it. Yeah. You I think know. it's also important to note that you cannot do the work for someone who's not willing to do it. Right. You cannot dig deep for somebody who's not w- willing to dig deep. And I think that yeah. if you are open and honest with someone and they're not willing to do that work, I think that's another sign that it's time to go. Yeah. And that's the thing we can talk about too. Like, how do you know when, when we're, when you need to, to cut, cut and run, cut and move on when we, like we talked about earlier, when it's not working for you, this is not working for me. I'm miserable. My heart is hurt. I'm constant angst and turmoil. I can't work. I can't 
do anything mm-hmm. else. You mm-hmm. know, I'm all up in my head all the time. Um, it's hurting my other relationships, like with my friends I was at dinner, mm-hmm. at, you know, with things like that, like, like to really realize when you had, when it's time to what we would, you know, and we talked about earlier about the stages of grief and begin the grief process of the relationship and accept that get out of denial of yeah, of it yeah. not being over or not being something because I was in denial for so long and accepting that this is not going to go. It's not going to be the relationship I long for. Uh, it's time to get the rest of my heart back and get out of here. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked about, you, you touched a little bit on, you know, analyzing. How do you know you yep. need to analyze your situation? We've talked about why do they stay? We've talked about why do we stay? And so now I want to kind of, you're on the, you're on the, you're coming down from that. You're, you're trying to get out. What is that like for you? What was it like to say goodbye to him? What was it like oh. to walk away from that? And, you know, what what was your experience and process going through that and getting to the other side? Yeah, it's it's a process because you do have to say like, like for the longest time I was in denial that it wasn't, I thought I'll, I'll just be good enough or I'll be better enough or even as I'm leaving, he's going to want me to stay and all these things that were painful and, and finally had enough, what I would call just, again, so we talked about this when we were, we were talking to Sissy, um, about anxiety, just evidence-based thinking, like what is happening? And I just, he doesn't love me. He's not going to marry me. This is not going to go. This is not who God has for me. I need to, I need to move on. And so Mm. for, for me, that didn't happen until I got to, uh, when I moved to Nashville. And so, and it was, it's funny. And I still was attached because I had a strong attachment. So just moving to Nashville doesn't make it go away. Yeah. Um, but acceptance was a piece. Like he doesn't want me. I'm moving here. I'm going to live here. And one time I was in Target. And I, I would go to Target when I moved to Nashville because in Boone, we didn't have Target and still don't. Like it's just it's sad. So we had yeah. Target here. So I would go to Target every, um, every like Saturday just to cheer myself up and spend $40, you know, whatever. But <laughs> one day I was at Target does. with my girlfriend and my girlfriend knew all the situation. And I, and somehow he called me and I'm at Target and he called me and I'm walking in Target and she's, she's, t- and again, here's another thing to do. Get accountability people in your life mm, to help yeah. you to go. I, this is a struggle for me. Will you help me draw boundaries with this person? Cause so, so the th- the key is drawing boundaries. So once you, you accept, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, with the, but the target thing made me think of boundaries. So you got to draw boundaries. Like I can't, like Trip told me, you can't be alone together or whatever. But when I moved, it's like, we are not dating, you know, we, we can be friends, I guess, but. You really, when your heart's so attached, you just really should. I don't think you should even be friends. It's just too hard on your heart. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're that in love with someone, and they don't love you. It's just like, hey, open. You're opening the barn doors to your heart, and going, hit me again, hit me again, harder, harder. <laughs> you know, it's just like you just so can't. difficult. So anyway, so I'm in Target, and I'm and I'm and I'm kind of. He calls me, and so of course I answer, and I'm in the what are the towel aisle, and she catches me, <laughs> and she comes up and she goes, "Are you talking to him?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, I am." Yes. And she still talks about it to this day. She's like, I caught you talking to him at Target. You know, we were, we were she's like, remember, we were going to cut that thing off. And I was like, yes. But then uh, I then I hit the anger stage. I just got kind of mad because he had been so please don't go. And oh, I still love you, but I'm not in love with you. But oh, but I do want to love you uh, as I was leaving. And I was like, it was just very much basketball on my heart, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, or playing basketball. And um, and finally, then he, so as soon as I got out of town, he started dating other people and I just got mad and he got mad at me for not detaching. And I'm like, but you were, you messed with me so much there at the end or it felt mm-hmm. like you're messing with me so much at the end that 
and he got mad. I was like, don't get mad at me for not yet. I was like, you confused me to no end at the end, you know? So, so getting some distance is something else. So boundaries, getting some distance, not, I mean, you know, we've talked about the good dog and the bad dog, not looking at their social media, blocking their phone, like shut it down Mm -hmm. for your own good. And there's, you know, we get, we get sneaky and we get longing and have a sad day and we want to go look at their social media. Fine. Do it one time. But then, but you realize it doesn't help your heart. It just lets your heart linger over in their hands a little bit longer. Like get your heart out of their hands and back into your, into your chest. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and to do that, it's, it's slow, but it takes time to detach, to detach, but you can do it. But distance and separation uh, and no communication really help, you know, really Mm -hmm. help. Yeah, it was hard, but, but we finally detached and he dated and I dated and off and, and he married and I haven't talked to him since because it's, you know, he's married. And so how long I know timelines are different and, you know, grief yeah. is not linear and everybody takes their own time. But how long did that take you to to fully really get past it? Well, it's hard to it's hard to differentiate because I was so sad about leaving Boone, too. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I was also grieving my my home I was had for 20 years where I lived so many friends in my church I was grieving a lot of different things mm-hmm. but so so when you and you threw him into that so I was probably I probably grieved a solid six months for all of that and he was in there somewhere yeah um and I went I know I went to uh, we had a family I had a wedding in April I left in January of 06 and I had a wedding in April and he came and we he you know we did the wedding together he sang and we you know and I saw all my people and it was beautiful. And I saw and I just I tell you what, it took me down. <laughs> it took me down because I was I had such a great buffer. I was doing so great. And then I go to, you know, four months later, I go to this wedding and I'm in a wedding uh, with him singing. And um, and oh, uh, so that was I, I don't advise that at all because uh, I <laughs> took all that. my boundaries. I took all my boundaries out like and threw a bridge over the boundaries and walked over them and ran around on them and then and then tried to recut it, which is so hard. Like you just is super hard on my heart. Um, and then, you know, so I was depressed for probably about another month there. So, you know, but that was grieving everything. And yeah, um, yeah. But I, you know, I believe things I think, you know, I'll, I'll say it, you know, it's protection, not rejection. You know, God did not have him for me. Mm-hmm. And he had someone else for him. And he's, I think, happily married and doing his thing and, and a great guy. And, um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, just because people don't want you doesn't mean that they're evil. But if they if they string you along, it's not healthy for you. And so so setting your boundaries, if boundaries aren't easy to have, then do the big boundary and and be be absolutely done. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to quickly to touch. Um, yeah, on the hard decision of actually leaving. Because I think you, you know, you moved. And so that yeah. you were you were kind of forced out. But I think there are situations where you live down the street from them. You live in the same city as them. It's not that you're anybody's moving, but you know you need to get out. And I think it's I kind of said earlier, I think it's hard to mm, you can't so make that decision for anybody. They have to do it themselves. They have to walk away themselves. But um I guess for people that are in the same in the same proximity what would you give like practical tips to them when it's like, I see this person every day, but I know that they don't love me and I need to go. What do you yeah. do? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. You, you, it takes a lot of discipline and, and truly 
and, and boundaries, just hard boundaries. Like we are not going to go to lunch anymore. We are not going to text anymore. We are not going to talk on the phone anymore. We're not going to, you know, you know, we might see each other at a work thing. We might see each other at a, at a friend gathering, um, might see each other at church, but you to, to go, we are not, and almost just telling them we are not, I can't do this. This is too hard on my heart. We, we can't be friends anymore. We can be acquaintances and I'll say hi, you know, across the, the room or whatever, or, you know, but I can't, do this anymore. And when, when you first do that, I do think the reaction can be hurt. Like they'll be hurt because they enjoy your relationship probably. And, um, and this is at the, this is if you get a point to a point where you just, you're so in love and they don't love you and they won't commit to you and you've got to protect yourself. So this is, mm-hmm. this is to the extreme. Um, and you really have to almost do, you know, in your mind, imagine, you know, putting them in a rowboat and pushing them out into the lake and you're getting, you walk off the dock and you head in different directions. And even when you still see him, you have to imagine I am done. And then, and then again, no, no social media, no following them and seeing who's fault. Are they looking at your, are they looking at your Instagram? Are they liking your posts? Are they looking at your stories? Are they, you know, all, all of that has just got to stop and it's hard. And again, it's a weaning, you know, you got to wean yourself off um, of it and you'll find, but, but greater distance, the, the greater the distance you can reach, the the easier it will be and the less time it will take. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, if you work with somebody or you're in a, in a friend group with someone that can, and then, then, then it rocks the whole friend group a little bit because, oh, wait a minute, these two aren't talking anymore and we all still hang out. So you have mm-hmm. to sometimes go in a different direction relationally sometimes or give yourself some space, give yourself another friend group or another place to go in friendship, like find, you know, find other relationships to, to move into. I'm not saying leave all your friendships, but you're going to have to find some different spaces to interact, to, to give your heart some space. And, but they may push back on your boundaries and come try to bust through them and come. They, they want to see you and talk to you and, and, be your friend it'll be they're, they're gonna have to wean off of you as well so mm-hmm. um it's and just and, and again have accountability have somebody that's help like a buddy if you have a friend that that's safe that that can help you just um like I, I have a friend and she you know was really wanting to text her ex not long ago and she had a friend that she wanted that she texted instead you know that knew that she might get tempted and so she she texted this friend instead of like, if you need to text him, you feel like texting him, text me. And, um, and she did that and it worked for her, you know? So it's like, you gotta, you gotta put some systems into place that are going to be go-tos when you're really triggered to go to that person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who's safe? What can I do? It's really, and it's really, you know, attachment's attachment. Like you're attached to it. So you have to detach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. Cause when you get into so much of that, uh, one side of relationship, it does become somewhat codependent because you're they're trying to make them love you. You're trying to change their life and you can't, you can't make mm-hmm. somebody love you. It's a great old Bonnie Raitt song. I can't make, I can't make you love me if you don't. <laughs> if you heard that song? Yes, song. I have so, heard that so song. It's a good wallowing song if someone doesn't love you and you got to get over it. Listen to that on the couch and then get up and start to choose things that are life for you that, that, that do give you joy. Choose you. Choose you. you. Quit choosing them. Choose you. They don't love you. I'm sorry. Move on. Choose you. Exactly. And and give put people in your life that will say that to you. Like my friend who who tracked me down at Target. You know, she's like, no. get a Target friend. Get a friend that's going to track you down at Target if you're texting or on the phone with that person and be like, no. Get but a yeah, Target you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, Claire. You just you always good at concisely, t- you know, cutting it up at the end, going, you know, they don't love you. 
They don't. You know, cut, I'm but, sorry. Cut bait. Get it out. It hurts. It hurts Accept so bad. it. Accept it and feel your feelings and then grieve it and then go find go find life, friendship, love, walk, run out in the sun, go to yep. the beach. Yeah. So, okay, in your kind of final thought, what is the probably greatest lesson you learned from this experience? Oh, gosh. Because I think it's, I think this is so tough to deal with. And I think I just want to give, you know, a little hope at the end because I think there, although this is hard to go through, I think the positives that you can learn from this outweigh the fact that right. this person doesn't right. love you. Right. We can't put our hope in a person. That's all mm. I'm going to say. You, you, your whole life cannot be in one, in, whether someone, in whether someone loves you or not. Like, yeah. you just, you have to have life in and of itself that is yours, that is complete. And, you know, for me, that is in God. Like, I just, I, I, me and God, I'm, as long as I have that, I'm okay. I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, so, but if you find, if your whole hope is in this person loving you or not, and they don't love you, then you've lost all your hope. And Ooh. that's, we're not, we're not supposed to put our hope in people. They just can't no. carry all your hope in all your life. They can't carry it. They can't, they no. have a hard, we, people are having a hard enough time carrying themselves, much less carrying you with them. And there's a, there's a great song by David Wilcox too, called a break in a cup. And it's like, I can't hold, I can't hold your problems too, but we can climb mm. in the same cup together and I'll be company with you in your cup, but I can't, I can't fill your cup. It's a, it's a great song. And so can't that's put it. your hope in a person. That's it. Can't put that's your hope in a person. That's what would, that's what Aunt P would say. That's what I would say. That's what I said. All right. This was, I think, super helpful to people in these situations. I think even in healthy relationships, it's good to hear things like this, um, mm-hmm. to be able to analyze your own relationship. But whether or not you're involved with somebody romantically or want yeah. to be involved with somebody romantically, I think there are things in here that you can take into your next friendship, relationship, whatever it may be. I think there are definitely some things in here for people struggling in friendships. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Take care of yourself. Thanks, team. Be kind, be thanks, kind team, to for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, team. We'll, we, we'll see you next time. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the What Would Aunt P Say podcast. We're so glad you were with us, and we hope you'll continue the conversation with us through our social media channels. Claire, let's, what are those? Tell Absolutely. us what those are. Yeah, you can find <laughs> us at What Would Aunt P Say on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Yay. don't forget that our DMs are open for any yes. questions, comments, concerns, any topics Conversations. you want us. Absolutely. Anything you want us to cover. And um, if you love this episode, and we hope you did, we hope that you guys will leave us a rating and some comments and be back again. That'd be great. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye.